up, what up, what up? You tuned in to the Jose Morales Podcast, where we talk sports, business, and everything in between. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're at my boxing academy. Joining me in the ring today is my 10, my 10 to... Oh. Don't. Don't. Yeah, I, I, I didn't <laughs> want to kill it. I, I was like, I'm going to just let her say my that My 10 part. don't. My 10 don't. Yes, yes. And um, what we're going to talk about today is uh, pretty much her life, law, her passion, uh, she made a big jump moving from one place to another. All these sacrifices that she did for not only herself, but her family, which is great. Uh, I, like, I love her. Her, What I love about you is just how you are very, like, about, like, a team, like a family. You're just about, like, hey, like, you constantly showing love. You're super loyal. Like, there's all these good good qualities that you carry that I love about you. you. So I was like, you know what? Let's have my 10 on here. And then you also said you want to do it. So I was like, look, my 10, I have you on my, on my list. Relax. <laughs> my, 10. my 10's over here aggressive. So it's going to be November 30th. When they hear this podcast is a Monday. Okay. What is your Monday ritual like? Well, how do you start your week? My 10, what do you do? How What's a good way to get your week going and make sure you have a productive week? Um, you know, it's interesting. I was talking with someone earlier about what is one of the top things that really make your day. Um, and one of the top things for me is five minutes of peace in the morning with a like with a cup of coffee. And I think that really sets the tone for your day, especially mm. as my day is really busy. I get up very early. I work very late. And so it's a it's about finding time within your day to create some sense of peace and just like taking a moment to just enjoy the moment. Yeah. So for me, it's very simple yes for me it's very simple it's a like a clean made bed as soon as you jump out of bed you make your bed it just sets the tone for the day you know you get a cup of coffee and you just sit there and just enjoy the moment for at least five minutes it gives you a sense of groundedness for you to start your day i like that yeah. So where do you do yours at? When you sit down and chill, where are you at? Living room? I'm outside, in the living room. I'm in the living room. TV I have, off. TV's off. TV's not important. And you got your coffee? Yeah, we got our coffee. We got the sun, you know, the sunlight coming in. Mm-hmm. Got the plants growing. Oh, um, shit. You, so- <laughs> them, you like that, too? My wife be like I that. love it. I love She'd it. She'd be all about them plants. I'm like, chill out with your damn plants. Relax. Yeah, that d- <laughs> definitely sets the tone. It's all about setting intentions, especially yep. on a Monday. Yep. So that's very important. I love that energy you carry. You're like, you. you're on it. I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so uh, you sit there and then what time usually you start your day? So what time is this? Whew, I wake up at On six. average, 6 a.m. I wake up at six. I'm in in the office by seven and rolling until, you know, whenever, mm-hmm. until the, you know, the midnight oil. Yeah. So tell us what you do for a living and then we'll get into your story, but just tell us what you do. And Sure, sure. So I'm an attorney. Um, mm-hmm. I've been practicing law since 2018. Um, after I graduated law school and passed the bar, I had the amazing opportunity to work to, uh, for Governor uh, Governor Brown. Um, I focused and concentrated on paroles, commutations. Um, you and said that was your, like, so rewarding and you love That it. was the most rewarding um, aspect of my career. And granted, my career is still fresh, right? I'm just starting out. But mm-hmm. that was very rewarding for me to be able to help people who really didn't have a voice. And for me, it was important and because I value redemption. I value being able to start your life all over again. And it's important for people who have proven themselves worthy of redemption to be able to get a chance to start their lives over again. Um, for us to be to be at the 
the freaking capital of the state and being in the same room with all these powerful, you know, players and decision makers and being able to be one of the people that influences that. For me, that was the most rewarding thing ever. Um, You know, unfortunately, he ended his administration. Right. And so, you know, I then made a transition over to private practice um, and now I practice family law. How's so that? it's it's rewarding and it's in a different sense. It's challenging intellectually, obviously emotionally. We're we're dealing with people at their their most, you know, um at at the worst points in their lives. Yeah. So you're not always gonna get the best versions of people, of them, right? Yeah. And so it's about navigating that while, you know, at navigating their interests. Um, you know, so we're dealing with, with yeah, we're, we're dealing with angry, emotional, hurt people and children. Right. We're dealing with divorces, custody. And it's about how we can, you know, advance our clients interests. So how do you not let that rub off on you? Like, how do you have an angry ass person not make you pissed off? It's about finding balance, right? And finding balance for me, one of the things is coming here. One mm-hmm. of the things is being able to let let loose my the, the emotional baggage that I'm, you know, keeping in every day by you know taking out it taking it out on the bag. It's about finding time. It's about also um, devel- developing boundaries and not allowing the work to you know to bring me down yeah. sometimes because i could see that being easy to bring home with you oh definitely yeah, yeah i mean you're laying definitely. in bed and you're thinking about something you know i'm work. not gonna lie you know you you do wake up thinking about your cases you go to sleep thinking about your cases but at the end of the day there has to be a, a, a boundary, boundary yeah. right because you can't pour into other people if you don't pour into yourself mm-hmm. and if you're full of negative toxic energy how can you then serve your clients how can you mm-hmm. then serve your your customers or your friends or your you know your family very true yeah i talk about that with the trainers too mm-hmm. i mean you can't be a good trainer and and care about your clients yeah. and your boxers and all this if you're in a mental state that's bad. Right, and, right. And angry at the world and yes. angry at everything. So you're Vietnamese. I am. Where is your family from in Vietnam? So we're in the like the middle of the of the country. What um, is it called? It's called Hue. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we, um, my, my parents grew up there. I was born there. My entire family was born there. Mm-hmm. Um, my father fought in the war. Um, and... God bless him. He did everything he could to get our family out of that. You know, granted, I was born much later, but he, you know, he fought very hard to allow our family the opportunity to immigrate over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we immigrated in 1996 um, to Florida. Didn't know anyone. Didn't have, you know, people to. Why did your parents want to come to the U.S. and why Florida? Yeah. So we came because we knew growing up. Well, they knew. Let me say, for, speak for them. They knew that. It wasn't they couldn't really raise a family in Vietnam with the the current state that it was in, um, that they would never be able to give their children the opportunities that they wanted to. Right. And so my father, after being captured from the from the war, after, you know, spending five years in a, you know, reeducation camp, he realized this wasn't the place to to raise children um, because my children would never have the opportunities that I want them to. So he fought very hard years to be able to get us to be sponsored over to the United States. Actually, President Clinton sponsored our family over here. Um, and so, you know, we are forever grateful for that. Um, we chose Florida because we did have some family in Florida. So we, so we did have some roots and connections. Um, but at the end of the day, it was really much we had to fend for ourselves you know Mm -hmm. we came over here with nothing nothing 
you know, we what were on welfare. My father was sick, you know, and so we depended on the system, you yeah. know, to get us through. And gratefully, we didn't have to keep relying on the system. We, yeah. we made a way. What part of Florida were you at? Orlando. 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 So what's Orlando like? Tell us. I just think <laughs> Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> everyone Disney thinks Disney and so much more to that of course um I loved Orlando um you know it's funny because when I came over here from uh, from Orlando I was just I was expecting Sacramento to be you know the capital of the hey, state hey, of hold California up, hold up. you make it sound like <laughs> we ain't tight bro hold up we let's correct that no, so what were you expecting I don't know. I was just expecting the same energy. It sounds like you went on a blind date. Yeah. You were expecting this guy. And, and then it you got. Yeah. yeah. I, it then did you got not meet my expectations. Oh, shit. But then I came to it's sim similar to a date. I, I then realized, okay, what are the good qualities of this st this state or this mm -hmm. I'm sorry, this city, this city. Is, or this person, right? And so going ch choosing to find the good in what was here. Yeah, like, fuck. I'm, I already, <laughs> I'm already pregnant. Fuck it. Uh, what can I find out of this guy? <laughs> what are the good things? <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, he's present, right? He's here. He yeah. wants to be here, right? Yeah. Anyway, you know, I... Um, so what did you find good in the city? You know, uh, there's a huge sense of community here mm -hmm. um, that is not... what well, was not present in Orlando. We have a lot of... Orlando's really big. There's different areas, cliques, communities. But in Sacramento, I really felt like, wow, there's a huge sense of community oh, here. Yeah, baby. I, I mean, I love it. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that there, you know... People are so friendly. People mm. are open for the most part, right? People are friendly, open. They care about the environment. They're really about their trees. <laughs> I guess the city of trees, right? Yeah. Um, I we, I didn't always get that sense in Orlando. I felt mm. like that sometimes there was a sense of competition. Yeah. Um, granted, that's great, but in over here, I ver felt very connected. Um, felt like people were genuinely had my back. You know, wanted to connect me to to this person, to that person, to find a job, or this mm. person for opportunities. And through through just th that community, I found you guys. Yeah. I literally found you guys through that community. And I and something told me just go with it. Like, granted, I'm driving over half an hour every week to I come know. here. You are. But I'm like, you know what? I, I like the vibe. I like the people. I like the support. Let's go with it. Yeah. And, you know, I've been here for over a year. Yeah, because you you're in live in Atomas, right? I live in uh, Sacramento. Where is that? Near Sac State. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And you work in downtown. I work in downtown. And you box in Roseville. I box in Roseville. Hey. Yeah. So I, I know you probably get this when people are like, where do you go boxing? And you tell them, we're like, damn, yeah, I got what the fuck you doing Everyone out there? says that. But I'm just like, when you find a good place, you yeah. stick with it. You're loyal. If they treat you right, you're loyal. Yep. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I was going to talk about that. See, you're hitting a lot of points that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> For real. Uh, one I was going to ask about, uh, I'll ask you first. Because uh, you made me skip one. How do you feel about the city of Sac now, like, that you're here as mm -hmm. far as in your future? Like, yeah. do you see yourself here long term now that you see that the community f feel to it and all this? Do you see yourself here or do you eventually want to get up out of here too? Like, you how, know, how do you see it now? <laughs> you know, five years ago, I was like, I can't wait to leave. I'm ready to leave. Mm -hmm. But the more that I've spent time here, the more that I've built community, friendships, relationships here, I'm, I'm coming to see the good in, in this community. And yeah. obviously, we've 
downtown, the area, the city in general has developed so much over the course of five years in terms of businesses, opportunities. And I, I, I came to realize, like, I actually really do like it here. Yeah. Um, you know, the the nature, being able to go outdoors, being mm-hmm. just connected to Tahoe, to San Fran, yeah. without being too busy, without yep. being overly populated. I was like, I actually really do like that and so um it's funny you say that because next year or you know within the coming year my brothers and i were we're hoping to move my parents out here you know so so that they can be closer to us and so yes i do plan on making sacramento a permanent place okay good because you're about to get the fuck out (laughs) uh next thing is the loyalty thing Mm -hmm. i really i i love that about you i said that at the beginning uh i'm gonna share a quick story you were here with nacho Mm -hmm. first and you were doing privates with nacho yep and i know during the time that you were training with nacho a lot of people would tell you to go train at with different trainers Mm -hmm. with david or with me Mm -hmm. and And you always stayed solid to nacho yep i love i love that about you even i mean i thought that was fucking dope yeah um how why is loyalty and that so important to you or why how do you hold so much pride in that Because it says a lot about your character, Mm -hmm. right? And of course, you know, I don't want it to be confused for being loyal to people who aren't good for you or being Mm -hmm. loyal to situations that aren't good for you. But when someone treats you right or when a situation has continued to, you know, go good for you or you develop good relationships, you want to continue to foster that. Mm -hmm. And it says a lot about you as a person that you are loyal to those who treat you right, who respect you and who support you or who invest in you. Is this something that, you were you gained as you got older or is it something your parents taught you as you were a kid i definitely think it was through experience through friendships through mm-hmm. relationships that allowed me to see that you know it's good it's well well one it's karma right so you want to do it good is, and, and i'm put a good, big believer in that shit yes that. yeah so if you know you put good karma out there but good karma comes back um and so it was important to me to make sure that i surround myself with good people and sometimes good pe- and well, most of the time, good people means you are loyal to those who are good to you. Yep. Um, and that just builds a solid foundation for everything else to follow, right? Mm-hmm. Respect, opportunities, love, like everything else, you know, stems from a, a good sense of loyalty. Yep. That's tight. Yeah. So I want to go back to rewind, take yeah. you to Orlando when you were a teenager, high school. <laughs> did you always see yourself as a in, in law or, or did this this interest grow or did you play any sports? What mm-hmm. happened? Tell me about teenage my 10 going in uh, oh with the dreadheads. Oh my God. Heads. Teenage my 10 was ghetto. Oh shit. She was so ghetto and ratchet. <laughs> I mean, my <laughs> prime example, my email um, address as a like ninth grader, you know, right before applying for like colleges was ghetto Asian chick. Oh shit. Yeah. Ghetto underscore Asian with a Z chick. Oh, and then my teacher was just looking at me. She was like, you know, Maiten, like, you know, I, I, res- I respect, you know, whatever you want to do to express yourself. But, you know, I don't know if this is a good look for high school, for colleges. <laughs> and I was just like, shit. Um, I was a hot mess. But to, to go back to answering your question, because um, we grew up in the hood. Yeah. You, know, I, you know, I grew up in the hood and the hood has never left me deep down inside. But. Um, growing up, we were not wealthy, right? We lived in the hood. We were on welfare and we were obviously not white and privileged. So a combination of that, we were the victims of 
uh, discrimination, you know, oppression, prejudice, and especially my parents, right? They didn't speak a lot of English. They were, my parents cleaned toilets for a living. And they, through that, they put all of their children through college, debt-free. And so I'm forever grateful to my parents who slaved and who are the epitome of the American dream, the mm-hmm. world, the, uh, you know, American immigrant dream, right? So, but I witness a lot of, it, like, injustice towards my parents, um, through their employment, through society, through the way people treated them. Share a story. I think you got one in mind. Ooh, uh, my mother um, was wrongfully terminated from work um, one day. You know, they thought she had stole some some items from work, um, and she didn't know how to speak up for herself. So she, they were like, "You're fired. Get out." What what you know? She she didn't know how to stand up for herself. She didn't yeah. have a legal system that allowed her to exert her rights, and so you know that was during the time where my my brother and I like wrote to the president of the at the time my my mother worked for a college the um cleaning toilets they're custodians, and um I was a, I was a janitor. Oh, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. I res- I love and respect janitors completely through how I saw my parents, but we you know. That was my first um, example of advocacy, right? Writing to the president of this college, telling them to please reconsider this decision that was made because they didn't understand the full facts. And I was like, there's no way they're going to listen to two little kids who don't really know shit. And lo and behold, our actions had an impact. And he, the president got our letters and he um, reached out to the people that terminated my mother. She got her job reinstated. She got an apology. Like it was amazing for me to see advocacy in, in a, in, in a little girl who really didn't have a voice, but wanted her mother to have a voice. And so Mm. it was like little examples like that throughout my life where I, it angered me that people didn't have a voice or that people's voice were suppressed by power and privilege. And so seeing my parents suffer, it was ignited a fire in me that, no, I want to be a voice for people who don't have one. And I, I want to be able to speak up for, you know, oppressed, underprivileged populations. That was what I was surrounded by my entire life. All my friends, all, like we were all poor growing up and we all faced the same injustices um, that are still prevalent today. Yeah. So that was really the, the, the fire that ignited me to want to go to pursue law. So now I can see, after you shared that story, I can see why you like when you were working for Governor Brown mm-hmm. versus what you're doing now. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of like in the way you're No, saying, definitely, definitely. You what was that job like? Can you tell me more about it? Like, you said it was just your dream job. Like, what was it like? like Amazing. I, to be able to sit. You have a story? Yes. Tell me a story. Oh, I'm going to tell you a story. Stories, stories is the way you catch me. I'm going to tell y'all a story. a story. All right, tell me. Um, tell but me. let me just briefly um, answer your question. It was so rewarding to just sit across from the governor of the fucking state of California every week have him listen to you as you explain your position and, and brief him on certain things and have him actually listen to you and make decisions based off of what you are recommending to him. Th- that's essentially what we did. We either recommended um, that he, you know, grant a certain inmate parole or deny a certain inmate parole or grant a certain person a commutation so that they can get out of prison earlier or you know get a reduced sentence based on their progress in prison to be able to influence decision at such a high level was just phenomenal and to see that my my voice or my opinion mattered 
to the fucking governor was amazing. And so that was like a consistent reward, rewarding experience for me every single week. Yeah, that's huge. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. forever grateful because that that, op- you know, you don't just apply for that opportunity. It was very much through people, through opportunities, through loyalty that I got that job um, forever grateful for that. You know, Governor Brown was amazing um, and he is very much an advocate for, among other things, criminal justice reform. So but to answer your question, my one number one story that I always love to share about my 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 experience with the with the governor's office was I taught Governor Brown the term ride or die. <laughs> I am forever proud of that. So we were um, in a briefing one time at his mansion, his house, um, and you know I was explaining you know an inmate story, and I was like, you know, yeah, she's you know she was a ride or die, and he was like, what? And I was like, a ride or die, you know, like you know someone who's down for you and supporting you, like you know, like Anne, your wife, and he was like, oh. And you hear that? You're my ride or die. <laughs> and he didn't understand what that term meant. And it was just so awesome. You know, it was kind of like funny to, to see to see him not know that term, but to be, able, to be able to teach that to him, you know, among other things. But I mean, that was just, oh, and he also um, sw- swore me into the bar. So after you pass the bar, you can get sworn in through a judge, through certain people or, you know, a certain government official. And I mean, I worked for Governor Brown at the time, so who who else better to swear me into the bar of the California, right? And so he swore me in in his mansion um, on December 6, 2018, and wow, that was just the best experience ever. Sounds like it's... Sounds like it. Shit. Yeah. Sounds, do you guys? Did you keep in touch with him or anything? It's hard because he's now like living solo and and doing his own thing, and he doesn't really you know keep up with technology. He's you know has his own ranch and trying to do his own thing. So not as much. Um, but we definitely have pictures and memories, and um, we still keep. I still keep in touch with a lot of the people that we worked with. A lot mm. of the people that I worked with are now appointed as judges. He appointed most of the people that were my supervisors as judges, and I'm I'm very 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 happy for them yeah so that's yeah. tight yeah we keep going back and forth but we can go back to orlando yeah 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 uh, when you were in orlando and you were in this hood this ghetto asian <laughs> chick uh and you finally you wrote that letter to the president of the uh, company and you got your mom's job back that's what kind of planted the seed that you kind of like this yeah how did you water it and how did it grow and how did yeah. the interest grow like how how did it eventually get you to go from orlando to mm-hmm. sacramento give us that so, because I remember you telling me your dad was like, what? Yes. You're going to do what? You're tripping. Yes. We agent. We doctor. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you all about that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, that was the, 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 the fire that ignited everything else, right? Mm-hmm. In that domino effect. So I was very, I still am very passionate about homeless, homelessness efforts. And so through my mother, who was very much an advocate for helping the homeless, um, after that situation with my mother, I got into homelessness efforts and advocating for homeless, uh, homeless people because there were so many laws that were uh, passed in Orlando that really targeted homeless people, like sleeping on benches and fines. And so um, I was very involved in the college at the time, even as a high school student, in helping to, you know, work on some of the, these ordinances that were passed that that affected homeless people. Um, that really got me going into other things, into speaking up for people who didn't have a voice. Again, yeah. I was very involved in homelessness efforts. We um, and we actually published a book, um, my high school, and a documentary called "Everyone Has a Story to Tell," and we interviewed homeless people and you know really told their story. Everyone thinks homeless people are, are drug addicts, and this is the life that they chose. But some most of 
of the time, that's not the case. Most of the times it's just circumstance. Um, and so it's bringing back the humanity in how people and like society views homeless people. But to mm. answer your question, how I really got it, to where I am now, I was in college and kind of figuring out, figuring out my life. You know, I'm Asian and, you know, true to stereotypes, my parents really wanted me to be a pharmacist or a doctor. You know, that was just because they were, they acted from a place of love yet fear, right? Because they're like, I want you to be successful. I want you to be safe, play it safe. And playing it safe meant going the route that was, was sure to secure your financial future, your stability. And I was like, I don't want to play it safe, right? Like I didn't really care for medicine, but I'm like, I'm passionate about speaking up. I'm really passionate about people and laws. And I told my father, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to apply to law school. And he was, and he, and I tell the story all the time. And I even tell it to my, my, my father. Now he said, no one's going to hire you. You're a, you're a woman, you're an Asian woman. You know, they're going to, if someone wants a defense if someone wants representation they're going to go to the white man before they ever come to you and so that really hit me hard because like your own father doesn't believe that you can do it or at least at the time that was my interpretation my own father didn't believe that I could do this and that really forced me to prove it to him but really sort more so myself that I could and that was those few phrases that he told me was the reason I'm here now. I said, I'm going to go far away. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to show you and really myself that I can do this. And he was like, why? Why are you, you know, why do you want to disappoint your mother and I like this? And I'm like, I'm not. I'm really trying to help y'all. I, I want to do this to, to, to secure a future for you guys. And I want to show you that your daughter can do this. And I'm not going to be successful by playing it safe, by doing what you want or by staying in the area just so that I have you know, support and stability. No, I want to go somewhere where I have to, I'm forced to just survive. Yeah. That's what I did. I found California, moved all my shit out here, lived by myself, paid the rent by myself, made a way. And it, it was never about me. Like I, I didn't want to just leave my parents and be like, peace out y'all. I'm going to California, live in my best life. No, this is all for my parents. Everything I do is for my parents um, to give back to them the life and the opportunities that they gave to me. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. That, I like that. I like that how you were like, no, if I'm going to make this happen, I need to do it out of discomfort. Yeah, definitely. Um, it reminds me kind of when I first got the gym, everyone would tell me, uh, still don't leave your job. Just teach mm. until you build up your clientele. Da, yeah. da, da, da. I'm like, fuck that. I, I got to go 400. Otherwise. Period. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really like, oh, I know I can always fall back on this. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's. How do you know what you're made of until you're forced to to have no options? Yeah. Until you're forced you to really prove it to yourself, right? Otherwise, you always play it safe and you never know your potential. And that's what I didn't want to do is play it safe and never know, like, know my potential. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Cause yeah. So then now you're here. What did they say that you are now two years of practicing did you ever go back to your dad and be like, oh, yeah, all the time. I so, always I always call him out on it because I want him to really, truly understand the impact of his words to me. Yes, they hurt. And yes, I knew it came from a place of love and wanting to protect his little girl right from the world, from the realities of the world. But I always tell him, like, look what I did with what you told me. Like, mm -hmm. 
look what I did and look what I look where I'm going. Like this is for you. This is never about me. This whole journey, my job, you know, my quote unquote success. It's not about me. It's about what I can do to give back to my parents. Mm -hmm. They came here with nothing and they, I mean, they still technically have nothing. Right. And so everything I do is to give back to them. And it's so important. That goes back to a sense of loyalty. Um, yeah. Loyalty in terms of relationships, but also loyalty in terms of family. When people have your back, when, when your parents have looked out for you since you were little and did nothing but support you and, and ensure that you had a great education, a great life, you want to give back to that. Yep, you want to honor sure. your parents while they're still alive. Right. Yep. And that's very important because I never want to look back and say, you know, after my parents have passed and say, I, I wish I, I wish I, I, you know, fostered a better relationship with my parents. I wish I did this. No, I'm like, I want to do it while I still have a chance. That is true. Yeah. Think about that all the time, too. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to not right. done that. Right. Um, what do you look to do in the future? What is my tense future like? What do you want to do? Eventually, um, I would love to uh, go back to the public sector, meaning like the state, and continue work either in criminal justice reform or in immigration. Obviously, as you know, immigration right now is a hot topic. Well, it's really always been, but you know, at this point in time, we need good people. You know, fighting for for people's rights. We need good people. You know, to advocate for those women, family, children in these cages, right, who don't have a voice. Um, that is something that really grinds my gear, that really angers me. And I and I would love to one day return back to that. Something that allows me to to really fight not necessarily the system, but, you know, to give people a voice, you know, in a I system that one. yeah, in a system that ne wasn't necessarily designed for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so first you want to move your mom and dad over here mm -hmm. and get the house for them. Yep. And then yep. after that, you're going to follow that passion. Yes. Yep. I like that. Yep. You know why that hits home shit. I'm in that boat. I'm in yeah. that cage. <laughs> yeah. My cage is a little bigger than yeah. theirs. Yeah. Um, what could you, what would you, what would you name this episode? If you wanted to name, give it any particular name to motivate somebody or to stand out or represent you, your feelings, what would you name it? Oh, I would say the rose that grew from concrete. Mm. And that's applicable to everyone, right? You concrete, you know, a rose isn't meant to grow from concrete. But when you want something bad enough, whether you're a business owner, a student, you know, um just a regular Joe, you make a way. Um as a little girl, I made a way. You know, um as as a professional now, I'm making a way, you know, as a daughter, I'm trying my damn best to make a way, you know, for my parents and and not making excuses for what you want. You know, if you want something bad enough, you're going to grow and you're going to go get it, period. Yeah. And so I feel like the rose that grows from concrete is something is 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 a metaphor for a person fighting through all the odds that are stacked up against them and going for whatever it is that they want um, and growing beautifully and gracefully, despite all the shit that is designed to um, prevent them from from blossoming. Yeah. Yeah. And you made it happen. Yep. Amen. I like it. Amen. Um, are you religious? I am spiritual. Spiritual. I'm very spiritual. I'm very connected to my myself and my higher self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you pray? I do. I do. Daily, once a week, well, every now and then, only when you're scared. 
No, um, <laughs> no. I think prayer is like inherent in what I in how mm-hmm. I live my life, right? You don't necessarily have to. What I mean is, you don't necessarily have to say, "Dear God," you know, "This is all of my. This is my wish list." Please, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I meditate, and so in meditation, I'm also in a sense praying, right, yeah. for for healing, for abundance, for for my family, um, for the universe. Um, prayers is just inherently in how I live my life and how I honor myself and my mm. family. Um, so I'm being spiritual is just a, a way of life for me, not necessarily a separate practice. Yeah. So in that I'm, I'm always giving thanks to the most high. I'm always sending good vibes out there. I'm also always asking for good vibes to come back as well. So yeah. in that sense, that's my prayer. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of similar. I'm yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, are, are you, is your family like, a new religion like Christian. yeah my so my family's buddhist yeah. um and i do um take a lot of those practices in right mm-hmm. in terms of letting go in terms of not allowing attachments and you know suffering but allowing things to allowing things to come and go yeah. um accepting what is and what isn't um so that you can live a fulfilled life without yeah. suffering and attachments that's cool yeah uh what would you what would you tell a person that's listening that is afraid to make that jump like moving across the country like that or they're mm-hmm. thinking about it but they're not really really ready to commit to that mm-hmm. what would you tell them to get them to just jump off and jump in the water their dreams aren't big enough what i mean by that is your dreams need to scare you right otherwise what's the point of pursuing them and so you if if that's the case you then you really have to reevaluate how bad do i want it Mm-hmm. Do I really want it bad enough to be able to p- put everything on the line or do I think, you know, is it nice to have it? It's one thing to say, oh, I would like to do that. I would like to open my own gym. I would like to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to be. I am going to open my own gym. Yeah. I am going to be a lawyer. There's a difference in mentality and mindset there. Mm-hmm. So I would challenge the person. How bad do you want it? Are your dreams really big enough? Because if they don't scare you, then what's the point? Yep. What's the point? That's true. What the fuck? Then quit thinking about it. Go find something right. else. Right. I mean, you obviously don't want it that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite restaurant in this area? <laughs> I love food. I don't know if I have a favorite restaurant. I You love food. I love food. Sushi, like soul food, because I grew up in the South, so I'm all about, you know, that collard greens and cornbread. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I oh, love, yeah, yeah, yeah. You went to um yeah, to <laughs> fix it. But I love soul food. Love I, I share a food. funny story. So my wife isn't. She didn't really never, she's from TJ. I mean, there's no seafood. I mean, soul food in TJ. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were in our, in Miami. We mm-hmm. were in Miami. Oh, nice. And um, we were leaving the, our hotel. We were going to drive to Orlando, actually. Okay, Funny. okay. And, um, and she wanted to get breakfast. I'm like, we'll look for a spot. She finds this place. She tells me where to go. And then when we're close, I asked her, I'm like, what's the name of the place? Because I'm looking for it now, right? Yeah. And she's like, it's called Soul Cafe. <laughs> and then I was like, Soul Cafe? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you don't know what you're getting into. She's like, what do you mean? She's like, it's got five stars. And people, <laughs> it looks like it's got good breakfast food. It looks good. I was like, all right, Soul Cafe it is. And then I asked her, I'm like, do you know what soul stands for? Like, what, where the soul came from? Yeah, it's not just yeah, cafe. You're right. And she's just like, no, what is it? I'm like, you're about to find yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> we walked in there. We were the lightest person in there. <laughs> everything, the pictures, everything was black. Everything oh, I'm talking about. Too funny. 
Hey, and the people were so nice though. The servers, the food was delicious. Yeah. And it cracked me up because she wanted. She was like, "Can I get pancakes?" And they were like, "Pancakes? You mean like waffles? Chicken and waffles? We got waffles." <laughs> and then she kept asking for shit that we didn't have. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, come on. You can't go to a Mexican restaurant and ask for a cheeseburger, right? Same shit right. here. She's like, I didn't know they didn't need pancakes. <laughs> it was hella funny. Too I was funny. dying. I was dying. <laughs> so you like food. I love food. Sushi. Like, I I, I mean, the, um, the options out here compared to Orlando are just like, breathtaking because i've actually met so much more ethnicity people of different ethnicities out here than i did and i i've never met a filipino person until i moved out here there were certain like i never met a Hmong person until i moved out here um and so i have been able to try different cuisine from different like yeah. from different countries which different is amazing amazing but i'm always down for some good asian asian food just saying <laughs> i'm not big on asian food I'm really sorry. i fuck with sushi well, that's what I mean. But I don't know. I, I just maybe I just probably went to the wrong spot or something. <laughs> but I've always hated Chinese food. Okay. I've never. Have tried you ever pho. tried pho? Nah, bro. We got to get you on a good, uh, like a that, good place. It, I was just talking about that. I'm gonna give me some. I'm gonna give me some. Yeah, bro. we got to hook you up. But yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I just need to try it. Okay. Okay. I just need to try okay. It. I just I don't know why I've always had a hard time with. Interesting. Okay. To each his own. But I'm gonna hook Indian you up. food too. I can't fuck with okay. Indian food. The spices or. Anything. I don't know. I think it's a curry. I don't know what it is. Oh, you don't like curry? Yeah, I can't Okay, fuck with that's it. fine. That's fine. We'll it. find something else. I like soul food, though. Okay, okay. And Italian food. <laughs> I love Italian food. All right, we get, we get me all... I'm getting me hungry. Yeah. Some, tell me something about you not that many people know. Something about my 10 not that many people know. <laughs> Funny or just in general? Whatever you want. It could be, you can make it funny. You can make it serious. Whatever you want to say. Let's keep it lighthearted. Um, I actually remember people by the way they walk. So it, I'm a visual learner. So I'm a very photographic memory type of person. So let's say like, like I just view, like I'm looking at you and I can, you know, analyze your entire body, how you walk. Not that I'm actively doing that, but in my, in the back of my mind, I'm just, okay, that's Jose. So let's say like, so how do I walk? I got no, no, no. Box? Not that I'm like analyzing how you walk, but I'm I, saying I, I remember you based on how the you question walk. question is, is my walk a G or no G? Oh my gosh. So uh, what I mean is, <laughs> let's say we're in a dark alley and no, I no, can't see you your mean. face and I just see a person walking. I can totally pick out who you are huh. based on how you walk or like how the, the shadow is. I, I've, always just i don't know that's just like a useless to like skill useless, that i have I mean, useless shit. um but i'm very you know my photographic memory is pretty on point i yeah. did not expect that yeah that. i thought you were gonna say <laughs> i like dreadheads i, I like, do i, I thought, did i, 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 I did you're gonna say something like that because your ass is off the chain i don't know I, I wasn't expecting i know how people walk <laughs> I, uh, I analyze the way people walk no <laughs> that's all <I'm> <laughs> um that's fucking hilarious. And I jump rope backwards, as you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why? Bruh, I can't tell you. I don't know. It just, it just. There's two people in the gym that do that. There's another girl named Misa Mad. Oh, really? Same shit. And I was like, yo, I went up to her one day. I was like, you know, the jump rope goes the other way, too. <laughs> I'm like, it's not just that way. You can go the other way. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It just, I don't, I think my range of motion is so much greater by going backwards. I try forward, but it's just not the same. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I tried going forward and I'm you not great. You tried and you can't? I can. It's just not as smooth. It's not as quick. Mm. So what's your plan with the whole boxing thing? Good question. I would love to eventually work up 
and work up my the more time on in this gym because as you know right now I'm like only once a week um with my job I'm just trying to make more time so I would love to eventually work towards sparring what why is why is that something you want to do like what is my 10's reason for that it's like why it's proving to myself that I can do something I put my mind to. Mm-hmm. It's um, is it a also, good test? It's what? Is it a good test for you? Like, it is. I like doing things that I don't think I can do or maybe other people don't think that I can do. Yeah. You asked me this question when we were in um, Oakland for... Um, Emmy's fight. For Emmy's fight. Why, why is it that I want to do this? It's going against the odds, right? It's going against the, the concept, the common misconception of women in, in boxing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's a man sport. And, you know, you got to, if you're a woman, you got to be a real tough looking dude, you know, type to be able to box. I actually have some pretty, pretty women that fight. And that's the, right, that's <laughs> the point, right? I mean, I, I want to go against the odds. And my, my father's like, you box? Like, that's not, that's not ladylike, you know, that's not girl-like. But I'm like, that's exactly my whole life. I've been. Your dad is always shitting on your life. No, don't say that. He's going to watch this and be like, you just talking shit. No. I'm like, no, no, he's he is operating from a place of love, but it comes off different. Right. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Um, I just got to talk shit. <laughs> I'm an instigator. I always instigate. <laughs> um, and so I just for me, it's about proving something to myself and to other people. Really, I know it should be just about me, but. At the same time, I, I want to prove it to other people. My whole life, that's what I've been doing: is proving it to other people that mm-hmm. I can do it, that I can go and that I can, you know, up and move three thousand miles away from home and make it. You know, that I was going to pass the bar, that I was going to be an attorney. You know, all these things. I think boxing is a reflection of my life. It's like it's you get knocked down, but how? That what the important thing is: you get back up. You, back up and you keep it. going. Um, you sur- survive that round and you keep going. And so for me, that's what I would like to do with boxing. Yep. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Thank you. Um, and after you spar, then what? You just prove to everybody you were in the ring. Keep sparring, you compete, or you're like, okay, I did it. Time to go. I don't know. That's a good question. Like but I'll I don't. Cross that bridge when I get there? Yeah. But I, I think the, the reward is in the journey, right? Yeah. It's not the, yeah. the destination. Sure, one day I'll get in the ring and spar. But that doesn't mean anything if the road leading up to that didn't, you know, show me something about myself, test me, challenge mm. me, t- and made me uncomfortable. So I think it's the road leading up to that eventual goal right that is really the reward in the journey that's what matters you know that's that's reflected a reflective of my life is keep going Mm -hmm. keep going despite all the odds yeah you get hit okay keep going so what stop being a pussy and keep going keep going what's your favorite activity to do out here on the weekend in this area I love hiking. I love go- getting out in. Uh, I'm such an outdoorsy person now that mm. I'm here because we don't have that in Orlando. We're f- like flat as fuck, you yeah. know, no elevation, no and real. Humid as fuck, too. Yes. Never going back to that shit. But, humid um, as fuck. Oh, my goodness. Terrible. Rain and then it's humid. Yes. Hot. Yes. I need Rain. to get my parents like, out of that. I'm like, like bro, terrible. Mosquitoes. Terrible. My eyebrows would like sweat off within 10 seconds. And, uh, you know, you take a, a the hood Asian you, chick. you take time to, to draw on these eyebrows and, you know, not for them to get You're sweat like, oh, off. Shit, there goes my eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like I love hiking. Hi- What's your favorite hiking spot out here? In the uh, along the Pacific. So I love Pacifica, um, Dally City, um, Montero Beach, like all along Highway One. I always try to find a different mm. place um, that you, I don't know. And I just decide that morning and go. How about 
Tahoe. Oh, that's beautiful, but it's so populated. It's huh? it's so busy and it's populated. And where are you going? Tahoe's huge. I know, but in terms of hiking trails, everybody and their mama out there. Nah, but you got to get lost. So what I be doing? I be going in my truck. Yeah. And I just take some random ass trail. That really? Is, is that how you do it? And I just drive into I love that. the fuck I'm at. I love like, that. Okay, you know, not here. Hopefully, ain't no bears. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought you kind of like planned no, your outback. Lost you know. all the time. That's what's up. Yeah, I like doing that shit. Same thing with my bike. I just I love get that. lost. I yeah. do random shit. Yeah. I literally do everything I'm not supposed to do. <laughs> Wherever I go, like if I go off-roading, I'm, I'm not supposed to do that. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Let's do that. Yeah. Like uh, when I went to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. uh, I went to uh, in Old San Juan. There's a part of Old San Juan. No one, they said no one should go there. It's like the most dangerous part of San Juan. It's called La Perla. It's underneath. Jose was like, fuck that, we going. So I went, me and Oli, me and my wife, we were out there. And we're like, the taxi driver dropped us off. And like, it's down there. Yeah. Dip. And we walked through the whole bitch, up and down. Everyone was trying to sell us drugs. Everything. <laughs> and, but I did it. I was like, it's fucking, it's tight. That's I mean, there's a boxing gym down there. Oh, really? Yeah, it was tight. I liked it. Um, and then walked back up. Everybody was hella cool. They always asked, like, where you from? Well, I'm from Mexico, bro. Period. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't from the U.S. Not right now. I'm from Mexico. <laughs> and, uh, no, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, I always do shit like that. Shit yeah. that I'm not supposed to do, Yeah. I just do it. I love that. So, I love that. That's yeah. the that's the way I to live your life. I love Tahoe though. That's why I brought yeah? it. Yeah. No, love I Tahoe. love it. It's beautiful. Um, but sometimes I just want to get away and not be around From a lot anything. of people. Mm-hmm. Um, How about Auburn? Auburn's Forest nice too. Hill, I've had okay. yeah yeah. It's it's nice. I love water, so I have to have a combination of mountains and water. Yeah. That's you know that's it for me. Yeah, like that. They got rivers. Oh, do they? Yeah. I mean, rivers. I'm I'm look. I'm talking about beaches. I'm talking about like, but like, you you know, especially coming from Florida, Florida be I think over there beaches are way better than California. Yeah, beaches. yeah. California beaches are fucking cold as fuck. Oh, I'm not saying I dip in. I'm saying it's a beautiful view. Bodega Bay has a really nice um, view of the Pacific. Freezing. I'm oh like, bro, I'd be out there with a hoodie, hoodie <laughs> and a thermal, and I'm still cold. <laughs> it's hella cold. Um, all right. So, anything you want to add to this before I end? It? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to say? No, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. It's really uh-huh. nice to be able to share just one one perspective, right, among yeah. many. Everyone has a story to tell, like I told you. And yeah. so it's nice to be able to just share a bit about um, my life. No, thank um, you for coming on and sharing your life. This is personal shit. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get dad all sorts of mad when you <laughs> oh, motherfucker, He's going to be like, do my man. Oh, <laughs> you're so terrible. I had to throw that shit You in are there. so terrible. My favorite Vietnamese word. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, pops. I know he's mad. He's like, what the fuck kind of shit is that? He's got a dirty mouth. I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry. Uh, how can we stay in touch with you? Someone wants to connect with you. And by the way, the girl's single. She's been like oh trying to. Oh, my God. She's been like trying. I cannot and believe She's single Jose. and ready to mingle. How can we stay in touch with my 10? Yeah. How can we stay in touch with my 10? Look, look, she's losing her shit. I cannot. How can we stay in touch? You can stay in touch through jose let's keep let's keep let's keep my social media to myself um and if you want to get in touch either through connections or either through i think the who did we uh, who did i meet this earlier this morning marissa Marissa, yep go to go through jose he'll filter out all the bad ones she is the first person to not share her instagram Mm -mm, can't do that 
<laughs> professional reasons. Professional reasons. If, if you're not a weirdo, I'll give it to you. <laughs> so hit me up. Um, <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode with my 10. Hope you guys have a great week. And we out. Peace. Peace. Peace.